0: Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're happy that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast to make us part of your life. We certainly hope and pray that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified. If you're new to the podcast, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of our older podcasts. As today, we're going to be continuing our series looking at the seven churches out of the book of Revelation. And I believe this will be uh, church number four that we will be looking at. I would like to go ahead before we get too far into this, uh, if you would open your Bibles, if you have one, and follow along to Revelation chapter 2, and then I'm going to read out of the book of Acts real quick here. Acts chapter 16 verses 14 and 15. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshipper of God, was listening And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So if you're new to the podcast, I would encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. And there you can find out more information about us. I have a statement of faith there, ways of contacting us and supporting us. And just as importantly, there is a prayer request page there. And we have a few people that have requested prayer from listeners. And so if you are a prayer warrior, I would really like you to take a few moments out of your day and go to that webpage and write those names down and pray for those people there. I'm sure they would appreciate it. And I am a big supporter of prayer. Please tell your friends and family about us and how you found us. And so they may also join in and listen. Today we're going to talk about the dangers of tolerance. A dangers of tolerance. And that word tolerant is a very interesting word in the uh, Northern American culture right now. Everybody's supposed to be tolerant of everybody. Uh, well, with a few exceptions. And so... We're going to talk about that today. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. Just like all the other churches that we have talked about up to this point and studied, Christ, uh, his letter is to this church. It has four elements. It has an introduction from Christ himself. He commends them, and then he condemns them, and then he has a promise. To those who overcome. So, those four things are generally almost always uh, in his letters to the seven churches an introduction from, from him, Christ Himself, uh, the compliments, and then He condemns them, and a promise to those who overcome. So, there's always hope uh, in, in everything that is Christ centered. We're going to be looking at Theatra, uh, this is where this city would be. Before having a look at what Christ has to say to the church here, uh, let us take out a look at the city itself, a little bit of background. I've done this with the other churches. I'll try just for a moment to give you an idea of the culture there. uh, Thyatira uh, was situated in a valley that uh, connected to other valleys. It had no natural fortification at all, although at this time, A Roman garrison is stationed there. Their aim really was not to defend the city, but only to delay the invaders long enough for Pergamum and the capital up the road to be prepared for the coming attack. So it was just a way of slowing down uh, the enemy coming at your main city that you're really wanting to do. Though not easily fortified, uh, this city was on a major trade route and is known for its trade unions. Uh, There was carpenters, dyers, sellers of goods, tanners, weavers, tent makers, and so on. They were all making their living from trading uh, in this city. You might remember Lydia from uh, Philippi. She was a trader of fine cloth and came from this city as well. She was, in fact, one of Paul's first converts, when he would visit Thyatira in his second missionary journey in Acts chapter 16, which we just read. You know, in Acts 16, uh, 14, and 15, many people overlook this for some reason, or they just have never really studied that, uh, what that text really says. And a little off our subject for just a moment, everybody uh, seems to think, well, I say myself, or the pastor says me, and the, and the fact of the matter is, only God saves you, and God lays on your heart uh, His word uh, to be a true worshipper of Him, and so on. And Acts chapter sixteen with this lady really brings that out. Okay, so back to to the this uh, church here in Book of Revelation. Now, these unions were somewhat similar to the trade unions of uh, in America fifteen, twenty years ago, maybe more, but. It was difficult, very difficult, for a blue-collar tradesman or a woman to make a living unless they were part of one of these unions. They deferred the, from the trade union, however, in that they were linked with the worship of their false gods. Each union had its own particular guardian or, or god that it was a member of, and you would be expected to attend all of its functions, Uh, to participate in all of his activities, which also included offerings, a feast, and often included immoral behavior as part of their uh, offering or feast activities to their false god. And so the members of the church here in Thyatira, uh, they're going to be torn pretty hard here between Uh, how do I make a living on one hand, which is part of what the union is helping me do, but on the other hand, how am I going to stay as a faithful Christian uh, to Christ and follow his standard and his word and have that apply in my life? And this is something about all these churches. They seem to really almost be timeless, and you can almost get this idea sometimes even in our culture here. In Revelation chapter 2, starting in verse 18, we're going to go all the way to the end of verse 29 by the end of the podcast, but... To the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like burnished bronze, says this: I know your deeds, and your love, and faith, and service, and perseverance, and that your deeds of late are greater than at first. But I had this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, Jezebel excuse me, who calls herself a prophetess. And she teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Okay? So here again, once again, here's Jesus. He's praising this congregation in his, in his salutation of his letter, the big, at the start of his letter. He acknowledges their progress, that they were lovers, that they were patient, and they showed kindness, and, and they were a help, helpful uh, church or congregation. Perhaps they were a little too patient. Maybe they were a little too gentle in their love with people. They were suffering from this woman who, who was really hurting the congregation. She apparently is uh, leading them astray by having them commit some, some pretty serious sins, it sounds like here as you, as you read this. You know, I recall years ago, when I was in Mexico City on a mission down there I I watched people walk out the doors of the Basilica and if you don't know what that is the Basilica is affiliated with the Catholic Church as they would walk to the the gates and they would give their money to a man that was sitting there and he had a little fire going a little smoke and what was going on is through my translator I discovered they were putting hexes on people Right there at the basilica on the basilica grounds, or they would have one removed just in case someone had put one on them. And and this is kind of going into the the paranormal. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, they would they would walk across the street and give up some fruit to be burned to a god, uh, while men that they were dressed up. They kind of looked like witch doctors. Uh, they would dance around this fire. As the items were being offered in this flame. And, and it was all right there in plain view without any challenges from the priest or the government or whoever. And all these people are walking out after just attending a mass. Now most people in America have never seen that. And probably won't believe what I just told you. And that's fine. It's your privilege. But we saw it. And this could be an example of perhaps of what's being what's present in this congregation that we're talking about today they 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 weren't doing anything to stop the sinful acts that were in front of them they, they didn't call out and say hey you know what we don't appreciate this at all it needs to stop we don't want this on church grounds or on the property it, There seems to be some of the talk if this woman's name really is Jezebel or not. I really don't know. Uh, I don't think that her name really matters. I think what Jesus is trying to point out here and make a statement is that she's acting like Jezebel. And she's doing whatever pleases herself. She really does not have God in mind at all. Just like the Jezebel of the Old Testament she is leading the people away from worshiping God. As you may recall the story of Jezebel, she was uh, an idolatress, and she persecuted the prophets very very heavily, and she would seek them out and, and try to kill them. She, she hated Elisha uh, with such a deep passion, so much so that all she could do in her time, it seemed like, was to find him, to, to kill him. She practiced the worship of Baal, and and she turned the whole city away from worshiping God. They turned to worshiping her false god. And I just can't help get this idea here. This is what's going on in this church as Jesus talks to them through this letter. Even though uh, she has done this, listen here, verse 21. Let's get down here a couple of verses. And here is Jesus talking. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into a great tribulation, unless they repent of her deeds. And I will kill her children with pestilence, and all the church will know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart's and i will give to each one of you according to your deeds i don't know how many people especially here in america have ever really read and studied those verses i just read to you i mean god gives all of us time to repent he wants all of us to turn away from our problems our sin issues and after a certain point he he just he said that's it i'm done you know and I've had people email me, I've had people at congregations where I've helped serve that God does repentance is not part of the deal. Well they've never read this uh, statement obviously uh, that Jesus has made here in Revelation chapter 2. I gave her time to repent. you know it almost kind of reminds me of Pharaoh uh, as you study uh, the uh, the book of Exodus where Moses continually is asking, uh, Pharaoh to let the people go, and if you study out really close and you read uh, the accounts of all the plagues, it's pretty evident to me that God gave Pharaoh plenty of time to to change his heart and his mind. But after about the fifth uh, or so uh, plague, God just tells Moses point blank that He's going to harden the heart of Moses. Uh, excuse me, harden the heart of, of Pharaoh. And then uh, that's exactly what happens. So God is a God who wants all people to turn and repent from their evil ways. And apparently it was not in her to repent for for whatever reason. So I guess at the end of the day we might say it's her funeral. That's an old saying my grandpa used to say. Sadly, not only hers, but perhaps everyone... Uh, that she has lured away if they do not repent. They're all being called upon to be uh, to repent. And the same could be said of us today. I mean, if we claim that we are a Christian part of the church that Christ died for, and yet we worship other false gods, we too will face the same end as this woman. Some of us might be thinking, well, uh, we really don't have anything... Uh, to worry about we don't bow down to idols or actual stone images but there are still gods out there that we can worship and and i i'm here to tell you listeners whatever you serve in front of god himself as a priority is your god you know a lot of people don't want to hear anything about idolatry in our culture today and i remember trying to do a series uh, one time in a congregation, and they just were not going to have it. That uh, the idols that are around us in our culture, uh, we've been told in, to accept them, and that they're just sadly the Christian does too. I mean, it's like an apple with a worm in it. it again, it looks good. This church looks good on the outside, but inside it was rotten. If we look at other churches and and groups of people and say, well, God's really doing something in their midst. They are loving. They they look at all the people flocking into their services. The building is bulging out with people. The parking lot is full. Uh, They're reaching out into the community. And really, they're making an impact. Uh, People don't judge the book by a cover. We rush in to hear these big, Speakers at these big churches with big powerful names who write all these books and stuff. And they must have it all together because their church is growing. We soak up everything that they say and we accept it just because they must know what they are talking about. This church also was growing. This church also was thriving. It was filled with love and faithfulness, but they are rotten to the core on the inside because they were following the wrong doctrine. And so how how can we tell whether a teaching or a doctrine is from God and not from Jezebel? Well, here's some ideas that we can look for. And you can agree with me or not, that's your privilege. Jezebel's doctrines teach that something evil can be good. Homosexual marriages are okay as long as they're based off of love. Seeking after material possessions is okay, as this is a sign of God's blessings. You can have your best life now type idea. Doing away with the Bible is okay as long as you're in communion with God and you're relying on His Spirit to give you some new revelation. And Joyce Myers will say that. She says that frequently you can go on YouTube and listen that you cannot find what she's talking about in the Bible because God has given her a new uh, revelation that's very very dangerous people so can you see how this can apply to us Christians bound by Jezebel's doctrine believe that they're 100% right but they cannot see the deception at all and I'll tell you I pray constantly that I would not be deceived by a false doctrine, that this podcast is 100% correct and accurate uh, to the God's Word. You know, it's like the members of other cults or or religions, They, they really believe sincerely that they are right. But this does not make them any closer to the truth. They're just sincerely wrong. And that's really scary. It's scary because how do we know what's right and wrong? And who is telling us the truth? And probably more critical to us as individuals, how do we tell what the truth is? There's really only one answer to this question, and it's to discover what is found in this book. This book that we call the Bible. This book is God's Word. There's no new revelations, and you can read a Jude. You can read Jude. This is right before the book of Revelation. It only probably takes up one page of your Bible. You can read it in seven minutes or less. There is no new revelation according to Jude. It's all been provided. We all have it, and it's called the Bible. And another thing here too is we've got everything that we need in the Bible. It is complete and finished. Here is the apostle Paul. He's writing to a young preacher named Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many times do we accept at, at face value teaching, Uh, the preacher, and we don't check it out to see whether it's right or wrong. And that's why I really encourage you to open your Bible and follow me. I want you to read the Bible for yourself and see, hey, you know what, that old boy, he sure is talking truth here, because right there it is, that's what it says. Do Do you hear something on television or the local Christian station? And I know there's many Christian stations on shortwave radio around the world now. Do you do you trust it 100% or, or do you go check it out for yourself in the book we call the Bible? How many times do you check out what's being said to whether it really lines up with the word of God or not? This is a bit of an issue uh, for me. This whole tongues and charismatic gifts things, I know there's some that the teaching that tongues and prophecies and and other charismatic gifts are, are not for today. Many other today disagree completely and maintain that these gifts are for today. But both views cannot be right. So who's right? Now, what do you think? How, how have you formed your opinion? Have you read the scripture for yourself and, and kept all the opinions at bay? and just totally relied on what God is telling you and, and asking him to open uh, your mind up to his word. If if you're doing this, you have a 50% ch- chance of being misled, whether these gifts are for today or to not for today. If I don't know, and I'm doing some study to, to see if these lines are, uh, viewpoints line up with Scripture don't trust any man woman or child who tells you look for the book for the answers and that's what you should be doing including I want you to check me out don't trust anyone who says well I've got a new inspiration you can't find that in the Bible must be very careful with that stuff you know the size of a church building doesn't matter what matters is is the truth being spoken in those walls of that church building I know many churches in third world countries around the world they're probably no bigger than what we might call a small little bungalow in America the people go there and they open their Bibles and they read it and they study and they talk about it there's no mega churches there it could be in somebody's house worshiping praying and studying god's word singing songs of praise and i would call that a church you know we need to be careful uh, in america especially we think the bigger the church is the probably the more blessings the more power god is displaying and i'm not so sure that's c- completely true he could be but what about the little church down the road, a little country church out in the middle of nowhere, it seems like? You go by there on Sunday, and it's, it's full of people. Again, the size of the congregation doesn't matter. What we're trying to determine is truth. Is it being spoken? How do I know if it's not a cult? How do I know it's the word they're teaching is not from heaven? And if it's not from heaven, it can only be from one other place. Verse 24, But I say to you, the rest who are in Thyatira, who do not hold to this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan, as they call them, I place no other burden on you. Nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. He who overcomes and keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give the authority over the nations, and he shall rule with them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter are broken into pieces, as I have received the authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches." So where are we? What about where you worship? Have you ever really thought about if it's really true teaching or not? Have you just accepted it because that's where Mom went, Grandpa went? That's where Betty Jane goes, whatever. You know, we we need to know it's truth. And there's only one way to know truth. And that's to take the time and read the Bible for yourself. You can download it for free on most... Uh, Internet, You can find it. You can go to our webpage and click on the little Bible verse. And it will take you to a place where you can actually listen to the Bible for free. And you can even change it to different languages and things. Which is kind of cool, I think. So where are we? Are we going to be people who overcome? Or are we going to be people who are part of uh, following uh, Jezebel? Do we really need to confess that we've accepted false teaching? Do we, do we really need to search and confirm everything that we hear? I mean, God expects us to be students of the Word. And again, that's the only way we will not be deceived by false teaching. Some years ago, a music teacher noted that the Aaron boys in a certain part of London all whistled out of tune as they went to their work. It was talked about, and someone suggested that it was the bells of Westminster that were slightly out of tune. Something had gone wrong with the chimes, and, and they were out of tune. The boys did not know there was anything wrong with the ringing of the bells, and quiet, unconsciously, they had copied their pitch. You know, we, we tend to copy the people Uh, who we associate with, who we borrow thoughts from, the books that we read, the television programs we watch, and the radio stations that we listen to, really almost without knowing it. And God has given His Word, which is an absolute pitch of life and living. If we learn to sing by it, we shall easily, easily detect the false music of the world, and something doesn't sound right. I certainly hope that you as a listener would take more time to study the Word and read the Word or listen to it on your way to work, in your house, wherever, to get to know God and His Word on a deeper, more intimate level. I want to encourage you that, and... If you have a need of trying to find a congregation, I, I will do my best to try to help you. I do not know every place in the world, but I will do my, my best to help you. I know many missionaries around the world, uh, and some in the United States as well, and we will do our best to try to help you find uh, a God-fearing church that's teaching the complete Word of God, not just their favorite topic, not just their favorite verse. I've been around those groups, too, and you just don't really get fed. You need the entire Word of God. I want to thank you for for listening to the podcast again. I certainly hope that you would go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, and there you can find out more information about us, and that you would uh, go to the prayer list there and write these people's names down, pray for them if you have a prayer request please email us or contact us through our, our web page we'd be happy to add you to the prayer list next week we will continue our study looking at the, uh, the seven churches out of the book of Revelation and next week we're going to talk about alive but dead alive but dead and that will begin in Revelation chapter 3 and the first six verses so again I want to thank you for taking time out of your day and making that effort to download us. Please share us with your friends and family, anybody else who you think might benefit and would really enjoy the podcast. We appreciate all the positive comments that we get uh, through our webpage, as well through uh, SoundCloud. We get messages through them occasionally. And we thank you all for listening. We hope and pray that uh, you'll tune in again next week. And may God have the glory.